Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Because the Bible says we're going to go in the grave, our bodies will go in the grave, but then, are you listening? Our spirit's going to go to be with the Lord. Because to be absent from the body, Paul said, is to what? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Listen, the Bible does not teach soul sleep. Do you guys know what soul sleep is or what people say? Some people teach, listen, some people teach that when you die, you lay in your body in the ground until the resurrection. That's soul sleep, people teach. When you die, you lay in your body in the ground until the resurrection. Now, listen, I ain't doing that. I know how to tell you. I ain't doing that. I don't like to lay down too long. If I lay down too long, my neck starts to hurt. Anybody else? I made my pillow, my bed. I don't know what the deal. It starts to hurt. I got to call my chiropractor. It's a mess. I don't want to lay down too long. And we're not going to lay down too long. When you die, your body will go in the ground, but your spirit will go to be with the Lord immediately. It's in 1 Kings chapter 17. This is your homework for the night. 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah went to the widow woman at Zarephath and he went to stay with her. And this woman, she had a son, and the son got sick. And Elijah, the Bible says, threw his body on the boy three times, and he prayed for the boy. And it was at the third time that it says the soul of the child came back into him. The Bible does not teach soul sleep. The soul of a child came back into him. It was David and Bathsheba who had a son. You know the story. And when the son died, David was sad. And people asked David, why are you sad? You need to clean up and eat. And David made a comment. He said, his son cannot come back to him, but he will someday go and be with the son. The son was in the presence of God. Philippians chapter 1 verse 23, Paul said, For I am hard pressed between two, having a desire to depart And be with Christ, which is far better, but it's needful that I stay. You know, Paul doesn't say, I can't wait to lay in the dirt. (laughs) Amen. He says, I can't wait to be with Christ. The rich man and Lazarus. The Bible teaches that the rich man was in hell and Lazarus was in the place of Abraham's comfort. 
the comfort place. Revelation chapter six, the souls that were slain were in heaven and under the altar talking to God, saying how long. My point is this, to be absent from this body is to be what? Present with the Lord. We're going to raise from the dead. When you die, you go to be with the Lord. And all of that happens by the spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead also dwells in you. Therefore, in verse 12, go ahead and peek at it. Therefore, now Calvary Chapel folks, help me out. When you see the word therefore, you want to find out what it's? How y'all like that? <laughs> therefore, when you see the word therefore, you want to find out what, what is therefore. And listen, this word therefore is referring back to all that has been said. Because we are not under condemnation in verse 1. Because the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Because we are no longer carnally minded. And now we have the mind of Christ. And we have his spirit within us. And that same spirit is going to raise us and he's given us a new heart of flesh and he's given us a future and he's given us a hope. As you consider all of that, Paul says we are not debtors to the flesh. This word debtors, if you're taking notes, it literally means one who owes another one held by obligation. The word flesh, of course, you know what that means, speaks to the old man. And it's that part of us that loves sin. Paul says we don't owe the flesh anything. The old man, the old nature, if you've been a Christian for a week, the old nature is always crying out for payment. Old nature is always saying, feed me, feed me. When you become a Christian, there becomes this battle going on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a battle going on. And your old nature is always trying to get you to go back to that old flesh. You know, all those old things that you used to do. The old nature is always crying out for payment. Paul says, you don't owe the flesh anything. And if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Listen, that is so true. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. You know why? Because sin has its penalty. Sin always has an effect. Don't forget that. Write that down. Sin always underscore be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians says whatever a man sows that he shall what reap. Sin always has an effect. I think of Isaiah chapter 59 in verses one and two. And it reads this. Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save nor his ears heavy that it cannot hear. But your sins have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Saints, listen, it's not that God can't hear. It's that God won't hear. Our sin separates us from God in that he won't hear us when we pray. Sin has an effect. It separates us from God and he won't hear us. You know, it's like caller ID. You got caller ID, I got caller ID. And you know how it is when somebody calls, you look in your little caller ID window, and if it's somebody's name you don't want to talk to, you don't answer. <laughs> oh, I know I'm the only one that does that. Okay, I, I'm keeping it real because I'm in church. 
But anywho, you know, you take the cell phone, you look at it and you go, ah, I think I want to talk to them. It's not that you don't know who's calling. It's not that you did not hear the phone ring. You heard it ring and you know who's calling. You choose not to answer. Well, God has caller ID. You came to church to learn that God has caller ID. (laughs) Did you know? And when we pray because of our sin, you understand, when we pray because of our sin, it separates us from God. It doesn't mean that God is powerless and he can't help you. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the knowledge in which, by which to help you. It simply means that our sin has separated us and cut us off. When we choose to hold on to certain sins in your life, listen, you refuse to do anything about it. Then God also makes a choice not to listen to anything you say. Our sins have separated us. If you live in the flesh, the Bible says, you will die. You're cutting off your source. But if you live by the Spirit, would you go ahead and look at verse 13 again? But if by the Spirit you put to death, did you note this? If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, then you'll live. So then the question, give me your attention, How do we put to death the deeds of the flesh? Listen, if you're struggling with your flesh, are you listening? Very important. If you are struggling with areas of sin in your flesh, because we all struggle. From the pulpit to the people. Everybody struggles. You know, we get in the pulpit and act like, oh, we're so holy. And, you know, oh, the pulpit people, they're more holier than the people in the pews. You know, we, you know, every, look, we're all in this thing together and we're all seeking to see Jesus and we all have this sin nature and this flesh area to deal with. And if you have areas, listen, this is going to help you. If you have areas in your life that you are trying to deal with, that you want to get victory over those areas of the flesh. Listen, the way to mortify or to kill the deeds of the flesh is not by Attacking the flesh. The way to get victory over your flesh, as a lot of people, you know, they they, they think that to get victory over the flesh and to mortify the flesh, then they have to crucify their bodies. Think about this. Do you realize it is impossible, underscore, bold highlight, impossible for you to crucify yourself? That's impossible. You could get you a cross. You can get on that cross, you sit up, you take a really long nail, put your feet together, nail that thing in. And then you take a nail and you put it through this arm right here. You you stick the nail in right here. You take this hammer and nail and nail that thing in. Ouch. But then listen, you're you're in a predicament. (laughs) We got a problem. The problem is... How would you then nail this hand to the cross? It is impossible for you to crucify yourself. If you want to have a life, listen, of victory, and you want to get rid of that carnal nature and mortify the deeds of the flesh, look at verse 13. I'm telling you something here. Look at verse 13. If by the what saints? Spirit. If you're going to crucify your flesh, you're going to have to do that by the spirit, not by your own efforts. 
You do it by the spirit. You do it by inviting the presence of God in your life. You know, I think of the story. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the Philistines. Give me your attention. And they get the ark of the Lord. And the Philistines, they've got control of the ark of of God, the ark of the covenant. And they bring the ark of the covenant into the pagan temple of Dagon. Dagon was the fish god. He was half man, half fish. And so the Philistines took the ark and they put it right next to Dagon, the fish god. Now, the reason the Philistines had the ark in the first place is because Israel was using the ark as a good luck charm or a rabbit's foot to bring them luck. You see, Israel was trusting in the ark of God rather than trusting in the God of the ark. So the Philistines, they get the ark of God, the ark of the covenant. We've been talking about that on Wednesday evening, the ark of the covenant. And they bring it into Dagon's temple and they put the ark of God right next to this pagan God, Dagon. The next morning, get this, they came to worship and they found Dagon had fallen and he couldn't get up. (laughs) So they pick up their God. Now, let me tell you something. If you have to pick up your God, Houston, we have a problem. Look, if I got to pick up my God, then why don't I be God? Because I'm helping you. The nature of God. So they pick up their God. They set him up and, and they came back the next day only to find that he had fallen again. But this time he's beheaded and behanded and there's only a torso left. And instead of them looking at that, then two times they come and this God, this pagan God has fallen down before the ark of God. Instead of them thinking, you know what? Something fishy is going on. (laughs) I worked on that really hard for like two whole weeks, man. (laughs) Something fishy is going on. Instead, you know what they did? They glued him back together and they stood him up. (laughs) Again, if you got to glue your God together, Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) And they stood him up again and the ark of God was there and they finally realized that they had to get rid of, get rid of the, 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 the pagan God. Or actually they actually sent away the ark of the covenant. But the point is this, and I think in the story lies the truth of what Paul was saying, that the way to overcome, listen, the dagons in your life, the way to overcome those stinky, smelly, fishy, carnal, fleshy areas of your life is to bring in the ark of God. The ark of God in the story represents the presence of God. If you want to get victory over your flesh, the way to get victory over your flesh is simply to walk in the spirit. It's simply to bring in the presence of God. Because when you bring in the presence of God, listen, all other idols have got to go. When you bring in the presence of God in your life, then anything that's in your life that is not of God will just kind of go away. You start focusing on God. You start following God. You start being controlled, we talked about, by the Spirit. 
And what does that mean practically? That just means to do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. If the Holy Spirit leads you to pick up the phone and call somebody, then you call them and you're being controlled by the Spirit. We think being controlled by the Spirit means we got to shake and speak in tongues, eyes roll up in the head and then pass out. And oh, I'm being controlled by the Spirit. No, that's just crazy. I'm being controlled. I can't help myself. Well, how about this? The Holy Spirit says, type an email and encourage somebody today. I want you to stop what you're doing and pray. I want you to stop what you're doing and take a break and go read my word. I want you to go to church. I want you to get involved in ministry. I want you to begin to serve me. Do what God tells you to do. God tells you, take Pastor Rodney out for dinner. Do it. (laughs) Throw money, throw money, throw money. I'm just kidding. This is what it means to be controlled by the spirit. You understand? Say amen, would you? That's what it means. And when you bring in the presence of God in your life, what happens is, you know what? You get so caught up in serving God. You get so caught up in loving God. You get so caught up in doing what God wants you to do. You forget the sin. What? Yeah. You're just like, you know what? I just, man, man, it's been like months since I've been involved. I, I, I didn't even, I was involved in that bad relationship with that guy. And it's been months. I've been loving God and serving God. And I realized I ain't like the guy anyway. Well, you know, you're walking in the spirit. You see how you get rid of darkness. You don't walk in a room, get rid of darkness by beating at the darkness. You walk in a room, man, it sure is dark in here. Man, what are we going to do? It sure is dark in here. What do you mean what are you going to do? How about this? Turn on the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You see, the way to get victory over your flesh is by the spirit. That's what Paul is teaching us here. By the spirit. Live according to the spirit. The spirit of God will set you free. Verse 14. Go ahead and look at it again in your Bibles. For as many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. You see that? That word led, if you're taking notes, you write this down. That word led literally means to be guided or conducted. Guided or conducted. The spirit is to be a conductor in your life. Just like a conductor leads an orchestra. And the whole orchestra follows the conductor. You know, in an orchestra, there are many instruments, but they all need to, in unison, follow the conductor. In an orchestra, you can't have instruments wanting to do their own thing. You know, they're playing some Canon and Paco Bell D, and the trumpet section decides, you know what, I think I want to play that now. I think I want to play when the saints come marching in. And they just start, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. The conductor be like, what? You're not following the conductor. The Spirit wants to lead us to follow him and to do what he tells us to do and to grow in him and to allow him to work in us. And Paul says, everyone who is conducted by the Holy Spirit, they are the children of God. Notice in verse 15 in your Bibles, for we haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Do you know there's no need to fear God? God has given you his spirit, not that you would fear him, because fear is not of God. And the Bible tells us that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
God has given us his spirit. It's not a spirit of bondage to again to fear. So many people fear God. So many people think that God is like the big bad meanie in the sky. He's going to come down on you. You do something wrong and God's going to take out his gun and make you do the bullet dance. You know, boom, boom. You're like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. People think God is like that. God is, look, let me tell you, why is it that we think that God relates to us differently than we relate to our children? Would you make your kids do the bullet dance if they did something wrong? Well, I don't know, maybe some of y'all would. Maybe I better rephrase, I better rephrase that. Let me see. You shouldn't. No, you, you wouldn't. When your kids blow it, what happens? You love on them, you teach them, you instruct them. You don't, you don't come down on them. This is the same relationship that God has even better because he knows us inside and out. And we don't shock him when we fall. He's not surprised when we fail. We are surprised when we fail because we put confidence in the flesh and we go, oh, how could I do that? And God says, listen, I knew you could do that. And you could do worse if you don't walk in the spirit. Don't put confidence in the flesh. He's given us his spirit. And it's not a spirit to fear. It's a spirit that's caused us to be born again. He's given us that spirit of adoption, the Bible says, which causes us to cry out, Abba, Father. Now, when you talk about adoption in the Roman Empire, listen, Everyone understood because adoption, listen, speaks of privilege. Adoption speaks of standing in the family of God. In adoption, you get a ring on your finger and a name change. In adoption, you have full access and you're an heir and able to draw on the resources of the father. God has brought us into the family as sons and daughters. And because we're an heir and all that the father has belongs to us. The father has bestowed upon us. Every benefit and every inheritance. And because of that, you can talk to God and you can cry out to God, Abba, Father. Abba, that's a term of endearment. Go to Israel with us and we'll walk down the streets of Jerusalem and we'll walk in the old city and we'll go by little schools and you'll hear little kids running and they'll be running behind their dad. Abba, 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 Papa, Papa, Ima. Ima, that's mommy, mommy. And it's a term of endearment. God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. God does not want to have a relationship with you that is long distant and cold. Abba speaks of intimacy. Abba speaks of access. Abba speaks of I know him and he knows me, a relationship. And because he's given us his spirit, A spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. We can just call on God. We can just talk to God. And it's intimate. And it's personal. And in your prayers, you don't have to talk to God in some King James language. Do you know that God doesn't speak in King James? Did you know that God doesn't speak in King James? We don't have to talk to God in King James. Father... Thou who is sitteth high, looketh low. <laughs> I call upon thee, 
cometh down to helpeth me Noweth. Uh, you can just talk to God. Y'all understand? Now listen, if you talk to God formal, that's fine. I understand that. And actually, I'm joking, but I respect that. That's fine. But I do want to help you understand that we can just talk to God just because he's our father. You know, we can just talk to God. We don't have to be irreverent now. I'm not saying be irreverent because, you know, some people are irreverent. You know, yo, God, what's up, man, homie? This is me. Hold it. I'm going to get away from you. Lightning's coming down. <laughs> we don't need to be irreverent with God, but certainly, you know, we have a relationship. Just like your kids have a relationship with you. Wouldn't it be weird if I came home one day and from work and my kids said, Hello there, Pastor Rodney Finch. I'd be like, what are you taking? There's something wrong with that. Why? Because we got relationship. You know, hey, yo, what's up, Pop? How you doing? What's going on, Dad? How's your day? Yeah, me, oh, mine's okay. There's a relationship there. And the relationship is built on, and the conduit of that relationship is the Spirit of God. God makes all that possible by His Spirit. If you know Him, you've been adopted into the family of God. Adoption. You know, it's not like a process. I know people even in the church have adopted children from China and Various countries, and, and it's, it's hard to adopt children from other countries. And it's a lot of money, and it's a big process. But with God, it's not a lot of money. It's already been paid. And the process, yeah, it's not difficult either. It's simply to call out to God and say, God, I want to be your child. I want to know you. I want you to live in my life, and I want to have a relationship with you, God. The spirit of adoption by where we cry Intimately, a term of endearment, Abba, Father, Father. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.